0: Hallelujah. Praise God. Bless God. Well, church, good morning. A bit comfortable here. So, hello. Here we are. I say hello to you out there. I just wish I could give you all a big hug, but that will come. In the meantime, we are together in spirit, as Paul said. I'm with you in spirit. I can just feel you there, and I feel love for you, and I feel your love. (laughs) So, I'm going to preach this morning from Psalm 91. Psalm 91 is a bit of a theme psalm at the moment for Christians all around the world. So I thought I'm going to preach straight from Psalm 91. So get your Bibles out and let's go there right now. Psalm 91. So where do you live? That's how this psalm begins. He who lives or dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where do you live? Well, that's quite an important issue at the moment, seeing as we're spending a lot of time at home. I wish I was like one of those celebrities, you know, that um, have those mansions out in the countryside. That we should have, we should have got one of those for this time, babe. <laughs> that would have been good. Just have a, a nice mansion and horses and all that, and then you're isolating, but you're just in a country estate. But that's not to be. We all have our homes, and praise God, we have some of us have gardens. That's nice. Um, But also, who you live with is going to make a big difference in these next few days. So, you know about whether you enjoy living with people or not. Psalm 91, verse 9, verse 1 He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, we need to decide to live with God. We can actually live in this place with God, and it's called the secret place. And I I really like. I was thinking about that term and the secret place. And I thought, because it's a secret, it really is a secret. It's hard to understand unless you actually live there. And there are people who say, oh, yeah, I I pray or, or I'm a Christian or I go to God. But do you know what it means to this? Do you know this secret? Do you know the secret? Because once you've discovered this secret, this secret place, this place in God, it's the best place to live. And actually, it's interesting because then the other issues aren't so important. The, the, the physical home doesn't matter quite so much because you can find this secret place in a closet. I mean, I literally get in my closet sometimes. It's the best place. I've got not a bad little wardrobe there. I shut the wardrobe. I put a cushion down. You can find that secret place. And once you're there, you discover this secret that I can, I can go to heaven. I can go and be with God. I can experience the enormity of God's presence and God's place just in my closet or at my window or in my bedroom or wherever I am. And it's a secret. And I think it's a little bit different for all of us. It's a secret place. I was thinking about that. We all have a different relationship. But it's perhaps a stillness. Perhaps it's a flood of ideas. When you're in his presence, you just you suddenly get all these ideas. I need pen and paper nearby when I'm praying because I, I, I think of things to do. And I used to think it was a distraction. Now I know it's God reminding me. So I write them all down, get that out of the way. Sometimes I think of people that I need to pray for or that I want to visit. Sometimes I get uh, visions, visions of angels. I see things in the spirit. I, I see God, I, I see heaven, all different things. And, and let me encourage you, often I get a scripture that comes up in my heart. Just do Where did that come from? I've read it, I don't know, years ago, but it comes into my heart. And there's this beautiful presence of God, and that's the secret. And it, it's, I'm sure it's a little bit different for all of us because we're all different, but make sure you know about this secret place. And it says that he who dwells in this secret place will abide under the shadow of the Almighty, will rest there. It's a safe place to be. So let's be sure that we are experiencing that. Just flicking forward into verse 14, which is down the bottom of the psalm there, Psalm 91:14. it says this, Because he loves me, he said his love for me, where is it, down 14, because he has set his love upon me therefore I will deliver him I will set him on high because he has known my name because he has set his love for me that term there it speaks of it's used in Genesis in a a passage where a young man wanted to marry Dinah one of Judah's daughters or Jacob's daughters Jacob's he wanted to marry Dinah and and the father said my son is longing for your daughter So it's literally that kind of loving. God is saying, because you're longing for me, just as a man longs for a woman, that's a strong longing. That's a a very real desire that a man can have for a woman and a woman for a man. And that's the kind of love he's talking about there. So that secret place, we need to set our love on him and long for that place and have a, a soft, yielded heart so that he can open up his books to us and open up his heart to us and share with us when our hearts are soft. So we, we go to that secret place. All the promises that follow in this psalm, there are promises of protection, of presence, of comfort, of strength. They all hang on this first verse, which is why I've spoken about it for a while. It's all about living with God. It's all about being in the secret place. It's all very well to quote that one of the verses at the end and say, oh, God's going to protect me. God's going to love me. yes. When we dwell in the secret place, when we set our longing on him, when we're in relationship with him, close relationship, then all these promises follow. So let's get verse 1 right. And then all the rest just flows without us having to even try too hard because our effort is in seeking him. So verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is, uh, verse 2 I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Now, this is true. We, this is what we say. God is our refuge. We run to God. But I, was very, I always found it interesting, the tense there, I or the person, I always sort of change it to say, you are my refuge, you are my strength, because it seems like, oh, I don't, I don't want to talk about he is. I want to talk about you are because I'm praying. But that's very deliberate because it's almost like now we move from this position of it's just all about me and God to actually proclaiming it to other people. Because now we've got something wonderful, we're ready to proclaim. So let me encourage you in this time. This is a great time for us to be proclaiming to everyone. I'm good. I have a refuge. I have God, and I'm going to that place. I'm just, you know, on my daily walk. I'll meet people, stand (laughs) meters away from them, but I'm just, I just feel like pastoring everyone. How are you going? I said it to a man in the park the other day. How are you going? And he goes. What can you do, what can you do? And I said, you can pray, I'm praying. It really helps. And he looked at me like, oh, okay, (laughs) right. I just thought, this isn't a time to, you know, muck around. I think we need to go there. I think we need to be bold. And I know I've, I was talking to Sarah. Sarah Gervin was saying how um, Tanya was able to share with... Hi, Tanya. She was able to share with uh, someone, a colleague, and that was wonderful. Other people are say, saying that they're able to really minister and share with people who perhaps haven't had open doors before. So we need to be bold and say, here's my refuge, here's my strength. This is how I'm getting through this in God. Let's keep going. Verse 3... Surely he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from perilous pestilence. He will deliver you from deadly disease. He will cover you, verse 4, with his feathers and under his wings you will take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. So I was thinking about these the feathers. I don't know if, you know, does God have feathers actually? I don't know but i do know that feathers have always and still do represent comfort and softness I, we all love that our feather doona like i just you know we just all want to snuggle down sometimes with a, a feather doona and feel comfortable and snuggle up and it's almost like that that is there's a part of god that's very soft and very comforting just like snuggling into a feather doona and he says he's going to cover us in that way There's literally a place where we can snuggle into God and he will comfort us and love us with that, the softness like a doona, the softness of feathers. And I think that's very comforting. God can be very soft, very comforting, very gentle to us. And we need to experience that. However, at the same time, it says his truth is your shield and buckler. So the shield, obviously a big shield and buckler is probably, they're not sure, but it's probably a smaller shield. So this is a defensive position and this is a strong position. And we need both at this time. We need to be able to go to God and he will comfort us. We can snuggle into a doona, but we can't stay there. This is not a time to shrink back church. This is not a time to say, "So I just want to get in bed, put on Netflix, snuggle under my doona and and not come out. That's where I want to stay. It's like, I know, I know, but we can't do that. We need to be the ones out being strong and proclaiming. And so we need truth as a shield because we're going to get attacked, it, it, whether it's attacks in our minds, whether it's the, the TV, the news, the, the, the fear. There's all kinds of attacks and we need the truth of what God is saying. I'm going to look after you. It's going to be all right. We need that truth and we need it in and i think it's interesting that that truth there comes in two ways it's both a shield and a buckler so we need the major truths in our lives god is good jesus saves me i'm going to heaven major truth but we need little truth as well don't put up with little lies little you know just just say no no that's not necessarily true there's a lot of negative and unnecessary predictions going around and you go that that's that's not necessarily true do you remember when the fires were happening do you remember? It was like, there's no rain coming till April. No rain. And I'm, I always remember thinking, oh, my goodness, the fires are just going to, they, they can't put them out and there's no rain till April. I thought, oh, the whole country's going to burn. Well, um, you know, that, that's, that's not necessarily true. That's where we need truth as a buckler and say, no, God can change that in a day. And he did. He changed that very quickly. We prayed and those rains came and those fires stopped. And praise God, we're not dealing with that right now. But God can change things quickly. So hold up truth to frightening predictions or negative comments that we don't need to hear so we we are ready to defend ourselves. Let's move on. You will not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. We do not need to be afraid because we have his comfort and we have his truth. We know that God is with us. Verse 7 a thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. Very strong verses. And we know we, it is good to remember that the Lord's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. And we love to remember that. But let's not forget that God is a God of justice And let us fear to disobey Him. Let us fear to ignore Him because eventually there are consequences. Eventually. So awake, church, to the fear of God and let us be in Him. That's the safest place to be. That's the way I go because I read scriptures like that, not perhaps so popular to preach about, but I just think I know God is merciful, but I know He's just and I stay in the right place with my God. And there is that um, verse 9, Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, your dwelling place, no evil will befall you, nor shall any plague come near your tent. So I've skipped over the the last three times they've mentioned plagues, pestilence, diseases, because this psalm is very strong on this. It's saying no evil will come near you, no plague is coming near your tent. So we need to really step up our faith, in healing. We are literally dealing with a plague or a pandemic. And we need to believe God. It's not coming near me. We need to step up our faith so we're in a place where we can believe that. Say, no, it's not coming near me. It's not coming near my home. It's not, it's not affecting me. We're going to be fine. And so this is, this is a, a faith statement that God has given to us. And we know that in, in Christendom, sometimes these things, we, we're like, well, is it happening? Well, it's up to us to make it happen. We know that Jesus has won victory for us, but we've got to step into that victory. We've got to step into that healing place. And this is a time for us to step up our faith and make sure that those scriptures are real for us and that we are we're proclaiming them. I, I, I proclaim these scriptures. Proclaim them. Say, this is what's happening. No evil's coming near me. No pandemic's coming near my home. We need to declare the word of God. And one of the reasons we need to declare it is because verse 11 says, He gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they will lift you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. So angels are serving us. We don't tell angels what to do, but the Bible is clear in Psalm 103, they hear the voice of the Lord. They hear the voice of his word. So when we proclaim the word of God, that this is what's happening in my home and this is what what the word of God says. When we proclaim that word, angels are aware of that. I, I don't know how it works, but they protect us. He says he commands angels to protect us and our... Submission to his word, our submission to one another. It's very clear in 1 Corinthians 11. Submission affects angels. Our submission to the word and our declaration of the word means that the angels are there guarding and protecting us. And we really need that. Church, I'm really excited. I, I have a very strong sense of angelic presence. There is a darkness over the world, but the angels and the people of God are rising up. And there are a lot of angels around at the moment just praying out of my window I shut my eyes and I see them all around and it's it's very exciting and I see angels protecting me and my my family and they you know they've got like bats and they're batting off this disease around me they're, it says they're guarding me in all our ways Guard, you know batting off this, this little virus like no you don't if there's a bit of virus on this you know table that I'm going here. bam Ruth's going to touch that and I'm protecting her. So bam, no protection. This is what it's talking about, that we're not afraid of the the, the things in the darkness. We're not afraid. We have angels protecting us. We're looking, we, we're excited about that and we feel confident in that. You know, my, um, I'll just share a little story. My, Beth and Justin are getting married <laughs> and uh, they're going to have a wonderful testimony about this amazing marriage because it has been very amazing. And we are, having five people, the minister, Beth, Justin, and they can choose one guest each. One guest. Can you imagine? <laughs> one guest each. So bless them. They're doing really well. Of course, we're going to have another big wedding celebration when all this is over. But, but they feel it's time for them to, to, to be man and wife. So they, we're going ahead with the ceremony. But Bethany said something so beautiful to me. She said, you know, mum, there's only going to be five of us there But there's going to be thousands of angels at my wedding. And I look forward to one day seeing the real photos of the wedding with all these fabulous guests. And I was just like, oh, she's so beautiful. She's doing so well, you know, as if you need a pandemic in the middle of your wedding. But she's doing so well. And it's so beautiful to think that we have angels around us. They're protecting us. They're celebrating with us. And we're excited about that. So let's look. Verse 13. We will tread you will tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample underfoot. So this is strong. This is really moving to it's not just about comfort and protection anymore and angels. This is us. We are now treading. Think about that. If you see a snake on the ground, I mean I've seen the odd snake walking in Australia. You know we don't generally tread on them, do we? Like it's kind of like Whoa. you don't tread on snakes deliberately and i don't have a lot of experience with lions but no we don't tread on lions but this is what we are to do obviously this is speaking about demonic forces that are coming against us this is speaking about different types of demonic forces some slithering around others big and scary and in your face this is is an attack against us and this is saying that when we are in his presence in his protection we're no longer just enjoying that protection, enjoying that comfort, maybe sharing a bit. We are on the attack and we need to be on the attack church. We need to wake up. And if you're feeling down, if you, you feel the darkness of what's going on, we need to start treading on these things. Even this morning, I prayed, I said, oh God, help me with this. And I, I felt him say, you tread them down. You tread it. And I thought, right, right. I'm And I literally in my bedroom praying, I stomp on the issue that's trying to get a hold of me. I go, no, I'm not putting up that. The Bible says, resist the devil. So we need to go from this beautiful place of comfort to a place of aggression. We are treading down these things that are coming upon us and we are not going to, we're not going to be weak. We're not going to just kick back. We're not going to just hide. We're actually going to move forward and tread down all the, all the evil that is coming against us. So, verse 14, I've read, because he set his love upon me, I will deliver him. I deliver him. There's no future in Hebrew. I deliver him now. Verse 15, coming to the end. He calls upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Praise God. Long life and satisfaction not just a long life and a sad old life for the last 20 years no it's a satisfaction with long life i will satisfy him god is calling us to be satisfied even in the midst of all this craziness there is a joy and excitement a satisfaction because going back to verse one we're living with god we are with him this uh This is an adventure in a way. It's it's not very pleasant in some ways, but that's the nature of adventure. That's the nature of testing. It's not pleasant while you're going through it. It Sounds great when you share about it 10 years later in your preaching. So let's go through this together, church. Look at Psalm 91. It's fantastic for us. And let's remember those things. He who dwells in the secret place. Church, find that secret place. Wait there. Be with God know his comfort, those feathers, use that truth, that sword, experience his protection and his deliverance in all issues, be strong to tread down the enemies and know that he will give us a satisfying life right now and for all the years that he has called us to be with him on this earth.